Welcome back to the Injury Prone Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Edwin Porras, Dr. of Physical Therapy, Medical Analyst at FantasyPoints.com. Thanks again for tus oídos. Today we have a hip-hop and R&B connoisseur. He's a writer at Ball Blast. He's a co-host of the FF Confidential Podcast uh, live stream, I think it is actually, um, contributor for Join Our Circle. He is Miami Dolphins, a Miami Heat, a Hurricanes, and a UCF Knights fan. We'll have to get into that a little bit about why he's a, such a long-suffering fan. He's at T King Mode on Twitter, around the Twitter sphere. Where else can people find you, man? Anywhere else, or is that good? <laughs> no, that's good. Um, you can also find me on Instagram and TikTok at the same places. I'm, I'm slowly working on Instagram, TikTok. You know, I just started it, so I'm trying to build that up. But if you really want to connect with me, Twitter is probably the best place. And Edwin, thank you so much for inviting me on. Yeah, man, I appreciate you coming on. We were talking before we recorded that it's nice to get another voice that is, you know, I feel like I'm the only like Mexican around on the Twitter sphere. <laughs> there aren't very many black and brown voices, which <laughs> nobody's fault, right? But it's nice right. to, to chop it up a little bit together. And we're going to talk a little bit of uh, a hip hop today. We're going to talk about top five MCs. Um, so we actually are going to start, though, with one question. You got to pick one, hip hop or R&B? It's got to be hip hop. And I, it's... I hate to have to choose because I love them both, but I'm going to pick hip-hop. Since you already chose hip-hop over R&B, I want to know, who do you think are the top five best MCs of all time? This was a very, very tough question, but I'll say that in no particular order, no, Jay -Z... no, 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 no. That's not how we do takes around here. That's not how we do takes around here. You're, okay. you're, on, the take, you're on the take machine right now, man. Ah, okay, fine, fine. You know what? That's fine. Tupac is number one. Tupac's number one, Jay-Z, Nas, Biggie, Wayne. Ooh. Yeah. That's a hot take five. That's a hot take five. Walk me through. Tell me why Pac is one. Pac is one just because, man, ever since I was little, his music, it was obviously it was short-lived, but at the same time, he had different styles. One, he it, obviously he was like, you know, a thug and a gangster. He had his hard music, but he also had stuff like Keep Your Head Up, Dear Mama. And those songs were just, they just hit different. And they were just special to me when I was growing up. And I just feel like he was a poet. I feel like he, and also Changes. Changes is one of my favorite songs of all time. So I feel like when I listen to Pac, like it's, he was aggressive, but at the same time, he was like soft with his lyrics. And again, to me, the way he delivered was more like poetry mixed with hip hop. Like, oh, he was just special. So to me, he's number one. So I think that's a really good point that you make. Uh, in the movie that I think of, and the line from the movie that I think of was, uh, I think it's Notorious, where they introduce him, because obviously Tupac's not the main yeah. character in that. But they introduce him and he says something along the lines of like, you ask 10 people who Tupac is, you get 10 different answers. Some people say he's a poet. Some people say he's a thug. Some people say he's a rapper. Others say that he's an artist. And you, I feel like that's a good way to encapsulate him. When I think of like I, icons in hip hop, that's what I think of is Tupac. Like Tupac yeah. was an icon in the same way that I think Snoop is an icon. Uh, the, I got to say, though, for me, right, if I had to say one MC is the best of all time. When it comes to combining style and flow and make you nod your head and tell you a story at the same time, man, it's got to be Biggie, though. Like, it's got to be Biggie. 
So I mean, how's Biggie four? Biggie slid to four on your big board. He he slid to four, and I I'm I like Biggie. I like Biggie. He was smooth with it. Like I loved his stories. He was chilly. But for me, and I told you why Tupac, but Jay Z and Nas, man, because they are also storytellers. The way that they they are to me, those are artists. Like Nas is, I'll talk about Nas. Nas's lyrics are insane. His flow is insane. Talk about another poet. Like Nas, like he, his catalog is undefeated to me. Like Nas, like he, you could argue that he should, he could be two. I'm not going to go one, but he, he, Nas is just incredible. Like when I listen to him, I'm like, how does anyone think of the things that he thinks of? Jay-Z was a combination of I wouldn't say he was a poet, but he was a good storyteller. And he just had the swag, the culture, and just everything that he did to me were just hits, hits, and hits. Biggie, again, love Biggie, but those three to me just, and again, it's a very tight race. It's It could be like 1A, 1B, 1C, but you told me I couldn't I couldn't be soft with it. So that's, that's right. That's five. right. That's right. All right. All right. I'll give it to you. Let me, let me just read you one more line. This, sure. this, is why Biggie, this is why Biggie's on number one on my big board, okay? Okay. So- now my mom pips and pimps and act with minks on her back. And she loves to show me off, of course. Smiles every time her face is up in the source. We used to fuss when the landlord dissed us. No heat. Wonder why Christmas missed us. Birthdays yeah. was the worst days. Now we sip champagne when, when we thirsty. I love that song. That's why I love Biggie. <laughs> I, I love that. Dude. I think honestly, I think one of the when it comes to Biggie specifically, he I think that song, because of the of the of the undertones and like the story he tells, because it's literally his life. I don't think it gets enough run for the argument of the best song written of all time. And I think it's probably because it's a hip hop song, but you know what? We'll, we'll put a number one in our heart. Number one in our heart. <laughs> well, who gets an honorable mention? Honorable mention out of those. Ooh, this is tough. I guess. Oh, they... you said Wayne was five. Tell me yes. how Wayne's five. I like Wayne. Don't get me wrong. Wayne was a surprising one though. See, here's the thing, because if we're just talking, there's so many different factors that can go into top five right, MCs. Right, right, right. And I feel like also there's different like generations, different eras of hip hop. So that's why to me, because I was born in 1990. So I was exposed to, you know, so even like when I was younger, you know, obviously the Biggie and Tupac, like I was a little kid, but I appreciated their music later in life. And I listened back and I obviously when I was growing up, I didn't get to appreciate them just because of the age. But Wayne, when I was growing up, I listened to all of his mixtapes. And the fact that he like he like never wrote anything down, like everything that he did was just off the dome. And the way that he could just do all of his lyrics and all of his rhymes and just, like, it, it, some of it was silly, but some of it was just like, oh my gosh, how do you think of this fire bar? And I guess for me, like, I just have so many, it might be personal because I had just so many memories listening to Lil Wayne growing up. So that ties it to, and he, he's not in my top five, but one of my favorite artists growing up was Ludacris for the same reason, not because he's like a top MC, but the way that I guess he played into my life. I don't know whether it was a party or in the car, he was just always on. And I just loved his vibe and his beat and his music. So there's, there's different factors for me that play into my top five MCs or just an artist in general. Luda. 
Remember, do you remember when he was on, uh, um, did you ever watch his Cribs episode on MTV? Yes, I love Cribs. <laughs> they, they showed him shooting like five times from the three-point line when he came to his court. He's like, this is my court. He shot it like five times, missed like five times. And it was like, Luda. Every time it was like, Luda, Luda. Yeah. That's what I think of when I think of Lucas. Uh, so, dude, the, the, the Sorry for the Wait mixtape right before the Carter Four came out. Yeah. I was a senior in high school, and I remember listening to that that mixtape on repeat that mixtape was dirty that mixtape by by wayne sorry for the wait was one of the best mixtapes i think that ever has existed so i can get behind that i can get behind that for sure moving to something you talk a lot about on twitter man i think something that doesn't get enough run you're talking about your health and fitness journey a lot so basically you were a big dude now you're a swole dude but take us through what happened like what was the impetus for that? Why did you start down that journey? Where are you now? And how's it going? Sure. So I pretty much full disclosure, most of my life, I was fairly, I would say in shape. So middle school to high school, I was always active. So I was fairly like skinny and I was always in shape. When I went to college, I kind of just had free reign. You know, I went free reign and that's when I just ate horrible every single day. So I actually had like, a, I gained weight then. And then I worked out a lot and I actually lost it, right? Not by eating well. It was more so because I was young. I was like 20, 21. And then it wasn't that hard. All I had to do was really work out. And then I was able to get fit again. So I was fit for a while. And then it's when I got married. So I got married around when I was like, what, 26? Yeah. So no, sorry. The while I got married, when I met my now wife, when I first met her about like six years ago, I just got too comfortable and I was working a job I didn't like. And then I just wasn't active. So all I did was eat horrible food every single day. I didn't like my job. I was stressed about it. So I was like, eat kind of just as comfort. And then it got, what was was that job? Oh, you know, it was funny. I worked in a men's clinic. So I, I didn't, not like the actual, I didn't see anything, but I worked in marketing there. I worked in risk management but it, there's a lot of interesting stories about men's clinics. So like any viagra commercials. Real quick, real quick, little, sure. little side. Tell one, sure. one, one quick story. I would just, well, not necessarily a story, but pretty much I would always, in risk management, I would always get guys calling and yelling a lot because their stuff didn't work. You know, it's, it's similar to Viagra. So if it didn't work or it worked too well, you got angry dudes and they would send pictures as proof and so, I, so yeah so i had to deal with all that so that wasn't fun and but it was kind of part of the job and the was funny i don't think i've told that story on any other pod in ff space so you're the first one i mentioned my old job to so good job on me for that yeah man i dig deep i dig deep okay keep going so you so you got married yeah. you hate your job you're eating for comfort food comfort yeah. food which we all love what happened keep going all right sure no problem so then there was one day where i just was Honestly, I could barely go up the stairs. It was one day I remember I was going up the stairs and I was completely winded. And I'm just like, holy crap. Like, you know, like what is going on here? And I'm like, I can't keep doing like this. Like just for basic discomfort in life. And then I was having to go to like these like big like like big and tall clothes. I'm like, I, I can't do this anymore. Like I'm not comfortable. I have to keep buying these bigger clothes. It's time for a change. So I just slowly started, and because I was bigger, it was easier to lose weight, like initially, and then you always hit a wall. So I'd lost like 10 pounds really quickly. And then 
I just had to keep getting persistent. There was times where I was discouraged and I felt down, but it was all about focusing on what my goals were and my consistency. It also, it hurts your relationship because again, if you're a big dude, it's hard to do all the things you want to do with your wife. And also you're just lazier. So whether it's, you know, quality time, you know, take it how you will, but, or just going out and doing stuff. Like you're just lazier when you're bigger and you're unhealthier. So you don't really want to do anything. And that was hurting my relationship. So that's another reason why I wanted to do what I needed to do to get healthy. So every single day, then I started just doing strength training and cardio. And then I had to realize I finally like implemented nutrition because nutrition is really the key thing to losing weight. And then once I started actually tracking my macros using my fitness pal, that's when I really was able to see progress. And I was working out like five, six times a day, just cardio, weight training. You know, I'm just like, I was so determined because once, and you only have to do something so many times in order to build a habit. And then there were times where even to this day, I get up at 5 a.m. now, but there was a lot of times where I was getting up at four just to make sure I had enough time to do everything I needed to do because I was so motivated to stop feeling crappy. And then to this now, so I've lost probably close to 80 pounds now. So I've lost oh, close. Good for you, man. Yeah, thank you. So so I've had, I've kept the weight off for, I'll say a couple of years now, but yeah, it wasn't easy. And I get a lot of advice on Twitter because, you know, people see the pictures and everyone's asking for tips and tricks. I'm like, there's no tips and tricks, man. It's not, it's not complicated. It's, it's fairly simple. You need, if your goal is to lose weight, you need to be in a caloric deficit Nutrition is key. You need to do strength training. You just need to be active. But the problem is that, you know, people don't have that determination or they don't have that dedication. And that's what's key. Like anyone can do it. It's just a matter of how badly do you want it. And I wanted it badly enough. And to this day, you know, I have I have my stepdaughter and I have a toddler. So I want to make sure that I never go back there. And when I just I'm not gonna go back there just because I'm too addicted to working out now and it just I never want to feel that uncomfortable again, but also have motivation in my life, my wife, my kids, things like that. So all those things are the reasons kind of why I'm healthier and where I'm at today. That's that's an awesome story, man. And what you're saying really reminds me of what I try. I just had a a conversation with a patient on the phone yesterday, and we were talking about this specific stuff. She wanted to make change. And what I emphasized to her was like, I can talk to you about macros and I can talk to you about uh, carb intake and and caloric deficits. But at the at the end of the day, all this information has to eventually turn into and funnel into lifestyle changes, right? You're not mm-hmm. going to last dieting, quote unquote dieting. Like that stuff doesn't last. Right. Like when you decide that for you know the rest of your the rest of the month you're not going to go and buy Oreos or something, or for the rest of the month you're going to get up and go work out at 5 a.m that's part of your lifestyle. It's not something you're going to do temporarily. Like it switches, like part of your lifestyle is you wake up, you make coffee, you go to work. Like that's your, like making coffee, for example, is like a lifestyle. If you are like addicted to coffee, like I am. So that's, (laughs) that's which maybe is not that fantastic when we're talking about health. Um, But that, that's what I, that's what I think of when you talk about, you made it part of who you are. You didn't necessarily, you didn't go after it as a temporary fix. You made it a part of who you are. And that's why you're, you're literally never going to go backwards because you made it a part of who you are. So that's badass, man. 
Thank you so much, man. That really means a lot. And I just try to help inspire people because there's so many people struggling and I'm not perfect. You know, I still cheat and I have my, and I constantly have goals. Like you never, and that's another thing. You never hit, you're never just perfect. Okay, I'm done. Like you always have to keep eating well. You always, just like you said, always have to keep working out, always have to keep eating well. There's no like finish line. It's just more so like you'll get to a certain point where you could maintain, but you always have to be active. So everything you said, I agree with. It makes me laugh. I thought of one of your tweets that you had this week. Um, I, I laughed out loud at the tweet where you were trying to speak code to your wife, right? Oh. You, said, you, said, you said you're not perfect. And I was like, yeah, he has a donut every now and then. So can you tell the people what happened the other day with the, the, the D word? <laughs> yeah. So it's funny. So my toddler, so we, we have to be tricky with her because she's smart. So a lot of times she's, she could, she knows some words that we spell, but she's, she's only three. So she hasn't mastered the English language yet. So we take advantage of that. So my wife promised her donuts, but we didn't want to bring it up just in case we changed our mind. So we think of code names and we spell it out. And I just didn't feel like spelling in that moment. So I was trying to think of a code name, you know, I just got to think of silly, dumb stuff all the time. And then the first, and my step, I remember we're in the kitchen, I'm looking at my kitchen right now. And, and my wife and my stepdaughter were there. And I'm like, do you still want the D word to my wife? You looked at your wife. You looked at your wife dead in the eye with <laughs> I, I, the I, children I, in the room. Yep. You looked at dead in the eye. You said, do you, <laughs> do still you want, want the, the D, D word? And then it took me a minute to register because first I didn't even know what I said. I didn't know what, I didn't realize what I said until I saw my wife's reaction and my stepdaughter's reaction. And they just looked at me and then I realized, oh my gosh, I probably shouldn't have said, I, and then I realized, oh my gosh, I could have probably said anything else in the universe and it would have been better than the D word. But <laughs> Man, you got to get that quality time. You know, that's what you were talking about earlier. You got to get that quality right. time. And it would have been as bad if my stepdaughter wasn't there, if it was just me. Right, right, right. right. It would have been fine. But that was really what, you know, <laughs> made it awkward. But I, I had to get you to tell a story. That, that, that made that tweet made me laugh out loud. So, man, tell me a little bit about yourself now in terms of how did you get into this fantasy space now? Like, how did you you get here? Oh, sure. That's a great question. <laughs> because so I just I discovered fantasy Twitter during the pandemic last year. So it's it's weird how life works, because if it wasn't for having to stay at home and work at home, I don't think I would even be part of the fantasy space. So. I've been playing fantasy football since probably for five or six years now, but I just like a regular redraft person. I didn't know, like no one wanted to play dynasty with me. I heard about it, but no one, none of my casual friends wanted to play that. So I just kind of gave up on that dream. And then over the over last year, beginning of last year, I'm just like, you know what? Let me go on Twitter. Cause I had a Twitter account. I barely used it. Then I realized that fantasy Twitter was a thing. I'm like, okay, like, let me start. You know, I thought there was only big names. Like I had no idea there was like all these different people that did fantasy. I just thought there was like the big names at ESPN. You know, you know, Bunch CBS, of no yeah. names like FB and Jerry Dog, right? <laughs> exactly. I had no idea. But now just super <laughs> cool. I had no idea who any anyone was. And then I really got involved. It all started with the Scott Fishbowl, right? Because I had no idea what that was, but I was on Twitter and everybody kept talking about it. So I was like, okay, like, let me see what this is about. And like, I tried to apply. And then I realized it was some huge event that everyone was showing their, like, who got in. Like, oh my God, I got the email. I got the email. I'm like, well, clearly this thing's a huge thing. And I'm like, let me try to apply. 
And then I was like, I was checking my email all the time. I didn't get in. I didn't get into Scott Fishbowl. And I and clearly it was difficult, but I got into the satellite. So I met people from the satellite. And also I just started tweeting. And I just followed I followed people who were into fantasy. I had no intention of being part of the space. So I followed people who were into fantasy. I commented on their stuff. I tweeted. And then Tyler from Dynasty Happy Hour, he happened to just DM me one day, right? And he asked me if I wanted to be a writer. I'm like, I had no plans of being a writer. I was just some fancy, like, I really like fancy football. So first I was like, nah, I'm I'm not really, I'll think about it. You know, he asked me, I'm not think about it. Like, first I was just going to blow him off, right? <laughs> I was like, I'm not trying to be a writer. Damn, you shady. You're on that shady tip, bro. <laughs> Could not, not blow him off. It's just more like, he was trying to get me to be a writer and blow him off in terms of like, I'm not interested. Like, I'm not trying <laughs> I'm to just be a writer. I know, I know, but he probably going to hear this and he's going to get on me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but then I talked to my wife that same day and I'm like, oh, this guy hit me up about doing a podcast. I mean, not a podcast, being a writer. He's like, oh, you love fantasy football. You should do it. And he should, you know, say yes. And I was like, what, really? Wow. I, I was surprised because she... My wife doesn't like football, but for some reason she knew that it would be kind of cool for me. So I messaged him right back. But you know what? What's it about? So I asked him for more information. I became a writer there. And then, you know, I wrote a couple articles and I just kept tweeting. And then I noticed that everybody was tweeting the same and everyone was tweeting a lot about stats. So I knew right away, I'm like, I don't want to be that guy who just tweets stats all day. Like, that's just not who I am. I'm like, I want to be different. Like, I want to be fantasy football, but I want to be me too. So I would tweet just memes. I remember, like, originally I was just tweeting uh, memes and gifs all the time, and people just liked it. I made people laugh, and then it switched over to I started being more positive, and people started gravitating towards that. And then I just kept getting podcast invites. Like, hey, you've been a podcast. And shout out to um, Jacob Vines because Jacob Vines, his Snake in the Draft podcast was the first podcast I was on. And my first podcast with him, I had like two pages of notes. I had no idea what I was doing. I just wanted to sound smart. I didn't know how many numbers I should do. Like it was, I was so nervous. But then I I just started getting all of these um, DMs about people asking me to come on their podcast. And then John Bauer and Mitch Sorensen from Dynasty Theory, they just DM'd me one day like, hey, we're thinking of doing a spinoff. And I used to listen to their podcast, so I thought they would they slid into the wrong person's DMs. I'm like, wait, you want to start a podcast with me? I was like, <laughs> I'm like, I've, I've been on some guest ones, but I don't know what I'm doing. And then they're like, yeah. And they're like, oh, we want to get a fourth person. And then I was like, you know, I just got, I got the person. And then I reached out to Linda at Lindalians on Twitter. And I was like, hey, do you want to do this with us? And she's like, sure. Like she was super nervous. And then all of a sudden we all came together. We started Fantasy Football Confidential. And it's it's been really popular recently on Twitter just because I we had Matthew Barry on yesterday and it kind of took Twitter by storm a bit. And it's crazy how we started this podcast in August. And then we just have this crazy lineup of amazing guests coming on and we have matt Harmon coming on the show this next week and it's it's crazy how like this little idea and me again not knowing anything about fantasy twitter beginning of last year how it's kind of just blown up and i've just been active i've just been hustling so since august 
I've been grinding like every single day, whether it's researching, whether it's engaging with people, whether it's networking, podcasting, like I just been hustling because I realized, you know what? I want to be part of this space and I want to do it well and I want to stand out. And that's kind of history from there. Good for you, man. Sounds like you're, you're, you're really, I mean, with two kids, you're working your ass off. So good props <laughs> to you. What, what was, what was your main takeaway from the, from the Matt Berry interview? Sure. My main takeaway is what he was saying. Cause at the end of it, he gave advice to people and one of the things I took away is like I was following most of the advice, but I'll reiterate it. So he kept mentioning reps, 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 reps about if you want to get good, if you want to break into the industry, you just need repetition, whether it's writing, whether it's potting, you need consistency. And then he started off the conversation by saying, get good. Those were his two words that he said, get good, meaning that if you want to be at ESPN or one of these bigger sites, if you're good, someone's going to want you to be on their team. Someone's going to want to hire you. So that was what he was preaching. Like everyone's like, Hey, how do I do this? Like, well, no one's going to want you if you're not good at what you do. (laughs) So you have to make sure you hone your craft and improve every single day to a level that will allow you to get to that next level. And he was also talking about bringing value. So kind of what I was mentioning before about standing out, because all of us or most of us are talking about the same thing, just in different ways. Like there's only so many players that you can talk about in football or fantasy football, and everyone's trying to talk about him or everyone's trying to like do a hot take or this or that. So what about you is different than this guy over here? So he mentioned that. And then the last thing he said was being positive and thankfully that that's something that I strive to be and others should be that too because if you're not likable that's going to hurt you in terms of building relationships networking things like that because if you're not likable no one's going to want to work with you so that's going to be pretty difficult to succeed and move up if no one likes you so or you're just not bringing any positivity or you're just being negative all the time so those were the key things that I took away from that Man, sounds like he gave you guys the business over there. He gave you all <laughs> kinds of information. Good for him. That's cool. I know Matt Berry's, uh, I've heard, is a really, really cool guy. Heard that he works his ass off. And so that's cool that you guys got him on. Sounds like he had some pretty pretty good advice. And I think yeah. that when you talk about differentiating yourself, I definitely think that you've done that. Uh, I think that the crew that you're working with has done that. You guys are, you guys crack me up, man. You're, you're a whole clique over there. <laughs> like you're, you guys like your banter on Twitter is entertainment in itself. Like when I see you guys going back and forth, it's funny. Like I put, I tweeted, uh, anybody have questions for Troy when I bring him on? Oh yeah. And Linda immediately was like, can you ask him why he doesn't wash his hands when he goes to the bathroom? <laughs> it's like, oh. so the most random stuff oh that you guys God. will say to each other, but it's, it's funny. I, I think that's cool, man. Let's, uh, that's enough. Sorry. I, I, I'm always curious about people and who no, what makes them, what makes them go. So I, I, I ask questions like, I, I appreciate it. Like I like to, I like to talk about those kind of things, you know, outside of football. Cause I always get football questions all the time. So I like people getting the opportunity to get a glimpse into me cause they see my tweets and I try to do a good job of trying to show people who I am, but no one's ever going to know the full Troy off Twitter. So I like these opportunities just kind of just, people to just see me for who I am. And I've just tried to be authentic since day one. So I appreciate these questions. 
Yeah, absolutely. Let's let's jump into it, man. Give me your give me your top takes, your top rookies at each position. Let's start with quarterback. You're gonna you're gonna go Fields, Lawrence, or you're gonna go Zach Wilson? Uh, okay, so it has to be in terms of the top. Lawrence is the best, but Fields is my guy. I think that he was getting a little bit disrespected, you know, a couple when he had a down performance. And I think people were off of him, like, oh, he's not that good. And people were trying to put Wilson over him. Some people were trying to put like Lance over him and things like that. I'm like, nah, like. Fields is my guy. I think I don't know if he's going to go to the Jets or where his landing spot is, but he was just so impressive at Ohio State to me, especially in the bigger games. He's athletic. I think he's going to be the real deal in the next level. What's your favorite part about him? I would say is just competitiveness. Because to me, the fact that it says a lot about a player when people like people were really down on him, like oh, because he was a there was a time point in time where he was people were debating, hey. He's competing with Trevor Lawrence. And then I think he might have had like one bad game. And then people were dropping him to like number four or five. And then he came out and when they just handed it to Clemson, that's what did it for me. I'm like, that shows grit. That shows moxie. And because everyone was just talking junk. And then when you can rise to the occasion and look that good doing it against the guy who's supposed to be going ahead of you, he is going to go ahead of him because overall he's better. But to me, that just shows like, hey, like y'all disrespecting me. I'm going to show y'all what I got. That was to me that stands out about a player. Yeah, I can take that. Who's your top running back? My top running back. So I got to go Najee Harris. Najee Harris to me is one of those players that it doesn't matter the landing spot. I believe that he just going to be a starter from day one and he just has that skill etn i love etn i think he's a little bit more i think situation might play a little bit more of a factor for etn than it does Najee. so but one running back that i do love he's not going to be top two or three but um, jamar jefferson from oregon state that man, he just was so explosive on tape. So I was watching running back tape recently, and I think that wherever he goes, like he he's one of those dudes that he's just a playmaker. And I don't know if he's getting enough credit. He's he's kind of somewhere from where I've seen. He's like RB like six seven range. Like he's in some weird limbo, but I think that he could, depending on where he lands, I think he can supersede that position. Tell me your best, your your favorite wide receiver in the class. This is a pretty deep class. Uh, so I'm a Devonta Smith fan. I would love if somehow he went to the Dolphins, but to not get to, because, you know, everyone's talking about Chase and everyone's talking about Waddle. So those are the easy answers. The guy that I think is just awesome. And I don't know if this is Ray GQ on my ear. You know, I always hear him talking about t- him, this dude, but I had to watch tape myself. Rondell Moore. I don't know what it is, but that man, he's he's short, but he's so powerful. Like everyone talks about how he could squat 600 pounds, but watching his tape, I feel like he's like a mix of Tyreek Hill and like Debo Samuel. Like to me, like that's like, a comp. If I've ever heard a comp, that's a comp. Well, it's not a mix. Like he's nowhere near he's closer to Debo Samuel, but in just in terms of his style like no and anyone listening i'm not saying that he's any of those guys i heard it right here troy <laughs> just said he is a combination of tyree kill rondell rondell moore is a combination of tyree kill 
and Debo Samuel, but better. That's what Troy just said on pod. All right, continue. See, you're going to find a way to clip that and make it seem like <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Rondale, Rondale Moore is better than Tyreek Hill. It's going to sound so legit. You're crazy, man. But no, he just he's just one of those players that if he he's not going to land there, but if he was ever in like a scheme like a San Francisco or the Chiefs or something like that, he would be a freaking star. He's just. He's just so dynamic, and I just his tape just it was just beautiful to watch. And then there's Rashad Bateman, and there's other names that like other people on. For me, I'm like there's some obvious names that everyone talks about. I like to look at the guys that people are talking about, but not like are in love with, and I'd like to focus on their tape. And they just become my guys. I'm like, okay, like these are this guy's mine. Y'all can't have him. <laughs> so that's the way I kind of see it. <laughs> Instead of asking for your tight end because everybody knows the, yeah. the top tight end. It's not an argument, right? Um, tell me. I feel like we went through something at least very similar, and maybe you because you weren't part of, you we weren't a part of, uh, of of fantasy Twitter then. But we went through something very similar with T.J. Hawkinson when they were like, he's a generational athlete, mm-hmm. one of one of the best athletes we've seen at the tight end position. He's going to revolutionize the position, and I mean, yeah, he was good as a rookie. He had some some pretty bad touchdown luck in that department. He sort of came to uh, middle of the season, but he he has been pretty much for the expectations that I remember, unless I remember them incorrectly. He's been kind of underwhelming. So, what do you think? Have we been through this before? Is this deja vu, or is this is this guy legit? So, Hawkinson did have a good season last year, I believe. But you're right. I believe that everyone thought since day one he was going to revolutionize. I did a tweet recently where I got. I didn't really get a lot of hate. Like no one was calling me an idiot or you know anything like that. But I posed the question on my, like, "Hey guys, Kyle Pitts is amazing, but I temper. I'm like, should we temper expectations for year one? Because yes, there are people, that's all I'm saying. That, that's what I said too. Because I made a tweet, and then there were people that was like a firestorm in Dumpster terms of fire, huh? the dumpster fire. They're like, no, he's automatically a top three tight end. He's automatically top five tight end. Like. He could be like, you know, he he's 106 in rookie drafts. Like, he is generational. And everyone's saying generational during the race. And I'm like, I think in Dynasty, like, you know, there's only so many good tight ends. So I believe that he could get to that point. He can get to being a top three, top four overall Dynasty tight end. But my whole thing is just in year one. People just think that he's going to step in there and be Travis Kelsey or George Kittle. I don't think that's the case because history has shown us that tight ends, at least their rookie season, don't always perform. We've seen that time and time again. And could Kyle Pitts be different? Absolutely. He has the talent to break that, I guess, trend. But it's something that it's like we just throw out all that when it comes to him. And he's amazing. Like, no one, if anyone says Kyle Pitts sucks, they should not be talking about football. So that's not what I'm saying. It's just that whatever landing spot he goes to, I don't see him getting 10 targets or whatever. And I think that when, as a fantasy community, we let the hype excite us. And sometimes we have unrealistic expectations early, just like a lot of rookies, like all these rookies. People are going to treat them like no matter what situation they go to, they're going to get, if they're a running back, they're going to get 25 touches the first game. Or if they're a receiver, or, or they're going to get 10 targets. And sometimes we want too much too soon. So all I'm saying, just let's slow down our expectations. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think I couldn't agree more. So I don't want to go too far over because I still want to get to some stuff at the end that I think is going to be more interesting. So I want you to pick one question. Sure. So you can either pick, how did you become a Miami Dolphins fan? Uh, are the Dolphins in on Tua? Or your Super Bowl pick? Pick one of those. I'll go Super Bowl pick just because it's Super Bowl. Um, I'll say I'm going to go Chiefs. I'm going to go Chiefs. And even though the What's Chiefs are... Score? Ooh, the score is going to be 27 to 21. I think it's going to be low scoring. Lower, lower score. I can get behind that. All right, cool. So now the, now to the fun stuff, okay? So you can you can you can pick one of these or you can pick all three. The, the, this one's no a little little off limits. So, assuming that your kids aren't going to listen to this podcast, you can tell <laughs> us the time you got the most drunk. A time you said something to somebody that you immediately regretted or embarrassed yourself, or you can talk about the best accomplishment, the biggest accomplishment in your life. I wish I was. See, I was thinking about these questions. I would say, let's do the drunk. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll go. Yes, yeah. I love it. <laughs> well, we'll, <laughs> we'll do the. the You're already next laughing, one. so I think this is the right choice. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> man. I would say that it was me and my friends, and <laughs> oh my god, this is a crazy story. So it was a combination. It was the first time I got drunk, and also I was in the clouds as well. So it was a combination. It was my first time. It was my first time being in the clouds. I'll, I'll phrase it like that because I'd never done it before. And so <laughs> we were at this party called Juve. So it was like a Caribbean type party. If people don't know that, and we were there and then <laughs> I was I was just completely just you know just out of it. And you weren't there. I You're wasn't only there. there. Exactly. And then I do remember there was a very memorable moment while I was trying to dance with this girl. And I was I I don't know if I was in full control of my body, but like I was dancing with her. And then I was dancing a little bit too hard and then like <laughs> she turned around and she said like super loudly like so everyone could hear she's like dang boy are you trying what are you trying to do oh was, no yeah and i'm just like oh my gosh and i remember that and then like the whole party was just like <laughs> not the whole party but like the the crowd of people that were like around me heard it i'm just like I probably should not have gotten to this level at this point. <laughs> and, so, so what were you trying to do, Troy? Give us a little insight. What was going on there? I was trying to dance and just didn't go the way I wanted to go. That's all. I was just. It was a good song, and I was trying to dance. And then apparently, my dance moves at the time weren't. My my body and my mind weren't connecting the way I wanted to, <laughs> and clearly, I just yeah. And then clearly, I just embarrassed myself. <laughs> And so, 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 so how did you embarrass yourself? Well, give it a little more detail. What happened? What, what, what did she think you were trying to do? She thought I was trying to do very grown things. I'll phrase it like that. Middle of the party, yeah. Yeah, I was trying to do grown things in the middle of the party. And it might have been all the, you know, stuff that was going on. And then she called me out on doing the grown things. But did, it was did like, you, did you walk away? Did you apologize? What happened? What's the next? What's the play there? 
I walked away. I walked away with my tails between my legs and just walked. But then they, we were dancing for a little bit. And then what happened was I just got too excited at one point and then the embarrassment came in. And so, yeah. <laughs> and then she let me know. And like, I deserved it. I definitely deserved it. It was embarrassment. And look, it was, I learned my lesson that night, definitely. <laughs> That's my favorite story I've heard so far. That's that, that, well, that one fits as uh, the most drunk and. <laughs> something you immediately regretted that's that's hilarious. yes <laughs> oh i right, regret man. it for sure <laughs> you got i really appreciate you coming on this was fun this was uh this is a good time we got to talk some random stuff tell <laughs> me uh or tell the listeners um first of all where they can find you again and then you get you get the the stage you can say whatever you want you can give advice you can give <laughs> fantasy advice you can give something totally totally unrelated you can say something it's floor is yours I appreciate it. Well, you guys can find me at T King Mode on Twitter. You can also find me there on TikTok and Instagram, but Twitter is my main habitat, so y'all can find me there. And you just also, I'm a writer at Ball Blast Football, so make sure to check out my work there. Join our circle. I write and podcast at Join Our Circle, so check out them. And my baby, Fancy Football Confidential. We are on Wednesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We have just crazy guests all off season. The next one is going to be February 10th. We are having Matt Harmon. So y'all probably already know who he is. So it's just going to be a crazy lineup all off season. And in terms of my closing words, it's just all about what we were talking about earlier. If your goal, and I'm not there yet, I'm still working, but be authentic, be authentic and try to find something that makes you stand out amongst the crowd because even though we're all talking about the same thing, no one can duplicate who you are as a person. So one thing that I believe that everyone should try to do is try to put a little bit of their personality, whether it's into their work, into their tweets, just something that makes you stand out. And the one thing that stands out is you being you. So use that ability of just being yourself and putting that out there and then having people connect with you. So just like a podcast, when you're live streaming, when people are in your chat and you're talking to them, it's people enjoy that because they feel connected. They feel part of the show. So allow people to feel like they know you, they can connect with you on a different level, not just always football and stats, but kind of as a human being, because that just helps your brand overall and makes people loyal to you and want to follow your work and support you. So those are my last words. I appreciate everybody who's been rocking with me since the beginning. Man, I can't add anything to that. That's beautiful. It's awesome. Everybody, make sure to catch him at T King. Right? Did I get it right? At T King Mode on Twitter yep, and all the platforms. This was fun, man. We're gonna have to do it again. Let me know if you want to jump on at any point. We can talk a little bit more about sometimes maybe that you you embarrassed yourself. Maybe I'll tell you an embarrassed <laughs> myself. Appreciate it, man. We'll talk to you soon. Appreciate it.